What is up, 11.30, how you guys doing? You guys doing good? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ, I'm one of the pastors here, and I have my wife with me today. Uh, officially, Should be interesting. Officially Pastor Shayla, in case you didn't know. <laughs> oh, uh, boy. oh boy, oh boy. This happened a little oh while ago, if, if you didn't know that. We, we believe that women can fulfill the call of God on their lives here at our church, and so if you're here and you're a woman, you think God's called you, maybe he has. We'll find out. Anyways, <laughs> oh, uh, man, we're, we're excited about today. We've had a lot of fun. We don't get to get up here and do this together very often, and so uh, you just never know what's going to happen, but... On I, your part. I don't know about you, <laughs> I but... I know what's going to happen on my part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> you're in for a treat today, you're guys. In, you're in. We need you to stand. But anyways, uh, man, we, we've loved this series, talking about relationships over the last couple of weeks, and... Uh, you know, I, I think it's interesting that we just did, did like this whole Disney melody or mantra of mm -hmm. all these different songs because so many times we take so much relationship advice from movies and yeah. through through what we see that like, man, it's going to be love at first sight. It's going to be beauty and the beast. It's going to be Never turns all, out that way. And it never really ends up. We, it isn't happily ever after. It's actually a whole bunch of other stuff uh, that happens. But the goal of all of this has been... Man, how do we help you take your relationships to a whole nother level? How do we help you bring the best you into every relationship? Because there's one common denominator in every relationship that you have, and that is you. And so how do we help you become better? Because if you get better than every relationship you're yeah. a part of, because your better is going to become better. TJ and I have learned a lot of, about relationships over the years. Actually, in May, we'll have been married 21 years. And yeah, it's, yes, cheer for that. That is amazing. We have survived this long. Yeah, this and, will actually be half of our lives will be married yep, this year, so yep. which is crazy. But, you know, marriage is full of like ups and downs and difficult moments. No marriage is perfect. Every marriage goes through some difficulties and challenges, and it's just opportunity to work through those things and, and make it better. Yeah. And I think over those 21 years, we've, we've learned some amazing principles, some amazing tools on how to have a healthy relationship. And we actually found some photos that I think kind of sum up a couple lessons that we would want you guys to know and understand. So here's the first one. Math made simple. If you have $20 and your wife has five, she has $25. Come on, husband. Get to know, you know that. that, that okay? Right there is like, true. for real. Amen. Okay, the next one, Steve Harvey. Never laugh at your wife's choices. You are one of them. Okay? All right, last one. If two people love each other, nothing is impossible except deciding where to eat. Yes. How many of you guys have been there? You're in the car going back and forth like, what do you want to eat? I don't know. What do you want to eat? I don't know. What do you want to eat? And then one of you goes, okay, you make a decision. Let's go eat here. And the other one's like, nah, I don't really feel like that. <laughs> it happens all the time. You know, all these memes are true. And so many times we go into our relational world, especially when it comes to marriage is if I just find the right person, then everything will be perfect. Yeah. Everything will be right. We'll never have any arguments. We'll always have a perfect relationship. We'll never struggle with money. We'll never struggle with anything. And that's a great idea, but that's just not reality. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is that a great relationship, a healthy, life-giving relationship, a healthy, life-giving marriage is not something you find. It's actually something you build. Right. Yep. And if Good. you want to have a healthy, life-giving God-centered relationship, it's going to take a lot of effort. In fact, I would say marriage is a four-letter word, W-O-R-K. It is just straight-up 
work and yep. relationships that work, they take work. That's right. I think we often forget that marriage is about two people becoming one. And I think the trouble starts when we start arguing about which one we're becoming, right? Are we going to become you? Or are we going to become me? I don't know. But we have like all of this work of becoming one. And the reality is, listen, we're a team. We win together. We lose together. We work through things together. Like it is becoming one. It is melding our lives together. And I think a lot of times we go into marriage and we think marriage is 50-50 and that makes up 100%. We think, well, I'll bring my 50 and you bring your 50 and we'll equal a whole. But marriage is not 50-50. Marriage is 100%, 100%. Because if, if we go into marriage 50-50, then we think, well, I'm contributing mine, but you're not contributing yours. So I'm not, I'm not going to do my part if you're not going to do your part. When if we would go into it with the mentality of I am bringing all of me and I am 100% in, we give our all regardless of what the other person does. It ends up working and becoming a good relationship when we bring our best self to the table. And so we wanted to share with you guys some tools and some keys that we found that have led to a successful marriage. The first one is this. You have to get a vision for your marriage. Yeah, Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Yep. Where there, other versions say, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. And some of you guys feel like, man, I am just in a mess of a marriage right now. Mm -hmm. And the reason I would say that that probably is, is because you don't have a vision. Yeah. Or your vision is, is I just want to get married. And therefore, you know what you end up with? You end up just married. Mm -hmm. And so you got to get way more specific than that. And we, we have lived by a mantra over the last 20 years, and it's been this, the clearer the vision, the fewer the options, the easier the decision. So the clearer the vision we can get for our marriage, the more clarity we can bring to where we want to be, how we want to raise kids, what we want our finances to look like, how, how we're going to deal with our children and then keep the romance alive. The more clarity we can bring to that, the fewer the options there are because every time a decision comes, it's either taking me towards that yeah. direction or it's taking me away from it. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I can go, you know what? My decision is really, really easy at that point because if you're taking me away from the vision that we have as a marriage, yeah. that's going to be an automatic no. And I'm going to say yes to the things that are leading and guiding me towards that direction. And it's so important that you take the time to have those conversations, yeah. to dig into your relationship and go, what do we want all of our roles and responsibilities mm -hmm. to look like? Mm -hmm. Where do we want to be 10, 15 30 years down yeah. the road because you are unique. Your relationship is unique. You are two unique individuals coming together to create a unique relationship. So don't just go and look at somebody else's life and go, man, I want their vision for life. You can't hijack somebody else's vision because God's given you a vision for your life that is unique to your life. Yeah. And don't judge your vision or your life on somebody else's life because you don't know what God has called them to. The greatest thing you could do is be faithful to what God has called you to. Yeah. So you've got to understand who you are yeah. and how God has created you. And you've got to talk about those things and go, mm -hmm. where is God trying to take us on this journey of life? Yep. Because as you build that vision, what it becomes is it becomes protection for mm -hmm. your relationship. Mm -hmm. Totally, because you have this clarity of vision that allows you to make decisions that keeps you within these boundaries that protect you from getting off track or getting lazy because you always have something that you're working for. And here's what I've learned in life and in relationships is you don't coast uphill. 
You don't make progress by just coasting. Yeah. You know, and that's what so many of us are doing in our relationships. We're just, we're just kind of going through our relationship with no direction, no purpose, no conversations. And we're just kind of coasting and hoping that it works out. But you don't make progress by doing that. You have to have a vision. You have to begin to work that vision because you don't get the marriage you've always dreamed of just by dreaming. You get it by actually doing the hard work and putting in the effort to make that your reality. And I, I would want to say something real quick to, to all the single people. Having a vision for your relationship doesn't just start when you get married. Yeah. You have got to sit down and decide for your own life, what is the vision that I have for my future spouse or relationship? Because if you don't have a standard that you're setting in life, you're just going to fall for anything that comes along. And it might not be God's best for your life. And so sit down and go, what kind of a person do I want? Who do I want to marry so that you have a standard and that you have clearer vision that you can say no to the things that don't line up to that vision? It is so important that you have a vision for your relationships. Yeah, one of the things that we did, because every relationship is unique, we decided that if God set a standard for here's how to have healthy relationships, which, by the way, is what the Ten Commandments are. If you think about the Ten Commandments yeah. when it comes to relationships, how do you have good friendships? Can you not kill me? Will you not <laughs> lie to me? Will, will you not steal my stuff? Those are, those are things to have healthy, good relationships. So if God yeah. set those in place for us to have healthy relationships here on earth, shouldn't we come up with some commandments for our relationships? So we came up with the Ten Commandments for a healthy relationship. This is ours. These are ours. Yeah. And so we just want to give them to you here. Number one today, no other human relationship comes before Shayla. Like, this is an important thing. Like, no other person has priority in my life above Shayla. In fact, uh, quite a few years ago, I was at a golf course, and Paul Azinger was there, and, he, and Paul Azinger attended the church that I worked at, and he was like, hey, TJ, you want to go play golf today? And anytime a PGA Tour professional asks you to play golf, your automatic answer should be yes. The only problem was is that I just committed to go on a date with Shayla. Therefore, Paul got the no. Why? Because Shayla is the priority in life. You Yes, good job. You you totally could have said yes, but I know I know it you worked didn't. Better for this story. You didn't because I'm yeah. a way better golfer I than Paul Azinger. I knew someday I'd have to tell the story. You know. so. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, I shall remember the date night and keep it holy. Thus saith the Lord. Yes, we need to hear some amens, hallelujah, from these people out here because listen, you dated before you got married. Why did you stop when you got married? Yeah. You know, we need to continue to date each other, to connect with one another, to go on vacations together without the kids. We've been pounding this into you guys for so long, the 777 principle. And I think we'll keep talking about it until we're like, okay, everybody's doing it. Yeah. But it's like every seven days you need to go on a date. Okay, even if you're like, I can't afford to go on a date, I can't afford to go out to dinner, we'll put the kids to bed, or, to bed early, watch a movie together, have time to intentionally connect with one another, and then every seven weeks, go on an overnight date somewhere else where you're out of the house, you're without the kids, reconnecting with one another, and then every seven months, take a weekend away or a vacation. I don't care if it's camping or whatever you need to do to get away and to reconnect because if you will reconnect in your relationship and connect with each other on that level and be intentional about it, you're going to have a better marriage and you're going to have a better family life. You're going to have a better work life because you guys know when there's tension here, it flows into everything. Yeah. And we need to be intentional about building that relationship. And I, I just want to remind you, a vacation means without kids. <laughs> 
A trip is with kids. A vacation is without kids. Just (laughs) FYI. Number three. All Some of y'all have never, like, no. never done that before. It will, it will bless your life. Any, number three, I will always view my wife as a standard of beauty in life, never comparing her with another woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So important. Some of y'all men need to get this. That, that wife of yours, she birthed your children. Mm-hmm. She is the standard of beauty. Things may change physically, but she is still the standard of beauty. Yes. And like nobody else... You, that girl over there might be pretty, but she's not beautiful like your spouse. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she is the ultimate standard in life. And you just got to set that ahead of time and, and you go, man. Can, you know what? You can build that into your spouse yeah. too. I think sometimes by the way you talk to them, by the way that you encourage them, by the things that you tell them, like you can build those things into their life. Yeah, I've learned that Shayla doesn't like to be called hot. She likes beautiful. And so like, <laughs> like she's no longer hot. She's beautiful. Um, just things that I've learned, just FYI. I don't know if that'll help somebody out there. Maybe some relationship that'll <laughs> solve some tension there. Uh, number four, <laughs> I will never think that I'm above temptation. It is by God's grace that I've not fallen. Yep. I think that you have got to realize that no matter how strong or how good of a relationship with God you have, that or your spouse, or your spouse, mm-hmm. that you're not above temptation. So you've got to set up boundaries in life. In fact, if you were to walk into our church offices, you would notice that every single wall and every single door is is glass. Why? It's a boundary. Mm-hmm. It's because we realize that no one is above temptation. There's not yep. a place you can go in this in this facility besides the bathrooms that doesn't have a camera in it that you might be being recorded right now. So if you're doing something weird, we're seeing you. <laughs> uh, uh, but. Just except saying. in the bathroom, you're Just, right. Except for in the bathroom. We're not seeing you in there because that's illegal. Uh, but <laughs> probably didn't need to All say right, that. All right, moving on. Yeah. Number, number five. Number five. I shall not talk about TJ in a negative manner. Listen, this is huge in talking about your spouse because no one can build your spouse up and no one can tear them down like you can. Yeah. Because you know the things that are going to get directly to the core of what's going to hurt them or frustrate them. And I think it's so important to be speaking life and not negativity, especially when you're in conversations with other people. When you're getting together with your girlfriends or your guy friends, don't always be complaining about your spouse. Be talking positively, not negatively, and building up that relationship and finding the good. And that leads me into number six, which is I shall frequently tell TJ how important and valuable he is to me and to also share that with others. Because here's why. Here's what I've noticed about the people that I've talked to that have struggled in their marriages that have led to an affair. And what has happened is they get something from somebody else that they weren't getting from their spouse. And so many times they're getting encouragement or they're getting, you know, a positive word or something like that. And they begin to soak that up. And so I had this awareness in my own life and I was like, you know what? I'm going to constantly speak life into TJ, tell him how important, how valuable he is, how incredible he is. So that when somebody else goes to compliment him, he doesn't even care what that person is saying because he's already getting it at home. And we need to be speaking life and encouragement and value. Listen, celebrate the things that they do. I don't care how dumb it is. Even if they change the toilet paper roll, just be like, oh, my gosh, you were so amazing, TJ. Great job changing the toilet paper (laughs) roll when it ran out. Because what gets rewarded gets repeated. Listen, 
You did the dishes amazing. Oh my gosh, do you want to do something later? You know, like, oh. Hey, which, which by the way, like uh, affairs don't start physically, they start emotionally. Yeah, yep. Because th this right here. Yep. What Shayla said. Yep. It's the thing that that person is looking for at home that they're not getting that somebody else starts getting, giving them. Be their greatest encourager. Yeah. Find the good things. And this leads me to number seven, which TJ made sure we put in here. I will make intimacy a priority. And everybody said amen. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, very, very I, manly amen I know right this, there. Is, this is kind of a sometimes a taboo thing to talk about in church. But intimacy is, is so valuable to your relationship because it's an area, it's the, the one and only area you connect with on such a deep level that you can't in conversation, that you can't in different ways. And intimacy, I think so many times, we allow to get to this low spot where it needs to be the top priority. Because that intimacy opens the door to so much else. And ladies, let me tell you something, the depth of emotional things that you want, you, the conversations that you want with your husband, all of those different things, you know what opens the door to that? Intimacy. Because they'll begin to share and they'll begin to open up and vice versa, men. If you have a great conversation with your wife and ask her how she feels, then it will lead to intimacy sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> Number eight. No, no. <laughs> Wait, I'm not finished with this one yet. So number... I'm no, no, no. No, this is important because so many people are like, well, we just don't have time. Listen, what's important in your life gets scheduled. Yeah. Well, that's not very romantic. Well, neither is a divorce. Mm -hmm. Neither is an affair. You're not doing it anyways. You're not doing it anyways, so start somewhere. Mm -hmm. Make it a priority in your life. Number eight, I shall not watch pornography or expose myself to other illicit materials causing me to lust and devalue my wife. Or vice versa. Or vice husband. versa because almost 50% of people that are viewing pornography online are women today. Mm -hmm. Listen, we're trading something that is fake. We're going, man, I want the fake instead of the real thing that's mm -hmm. right next to us. And listen, how that's reprogramming yep. and rewiring us in our minds crippling is our crippling our ability to have healthy relationships. Yep. In fact, psychologists are saying... A lot, of, a lot of people cannot be stimulated by the opposite sex anymore because they've been overstimulated right here. Yep. Yep. And so, man, it, it is ruining actually number seven, which is ruining so many of the depths of things that you're wanting in your relationship. And so you've got you've to put some safeguards in there and just make that choice that that is not something we're going to get mm -hmm. involved in. Number nine, and this is kind of a weird way to say this, but I'm committed not to marriage but to TJ. And what I mean by this is so many people in this culture, in this day and age, we just kind of throw away marriage or the institution of marriage. Well, I can get another marriage. You're not making me happy. Then I'm just going to move on to the next thing. And I think if we can have this realization that I'm not necessarily committed to, the, to marriage, I'm committed to TJ. And while people may be able to get another marriage, I can never get another TJ. And I have to figure out, man, how can I build this relationship? How can I commit to this relationship, this person, not just the relationship? And if I can realize that I'm committed to TJ, then it changes the way I interact. It changes my commitment level because I'm, I'm never, I don't want to throw this away because I can't get another one. You're so unique. 
So unique. Very you're so unique. amazing. Amazing. Thank you. You're, you're pretty spiffy yourself. <laughs> spiffy. Spiffy. But you know what? You're more than spiffy. You're beautiful. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> number 10. <laughs> Someone just said number 7. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number 10. <laughs> number 10. <laughs> thou shalt die to self. Yeah. Thou shalt die to self. And, and this, is, this is the element, this is the key element to every relationship. How did, how did Christ love the church? By giving his life as a ransom yep. for many. 100%. 100%. 100%. the goal is, is I'm going to sacrifice myself for the, your betterment, yep. and you're going to sacrifice for my betterment. Yes. And what happens is when we begin to focus on our vision of what do we want this to look like, what it will cause us to do is, number two, to work on our foundation. Mm-hmm. To work on our foundation. Yep. In Matthew 6, 33, it says this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be given to you as well. And basically this is a, this is a principle for every area of your life, whether it's your relationships, your business, your kids, you know, any of those things It's saying, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be given to you as well. When you make God the priority, and you begin to find your focus and your attention and your fulfillment in your relationship with God, these things begin to work themselves out. And I think so many of us are looking to someone else to give us fulfillment where only Jesus can bring that to our life. And I think Jesus is the only one that fulfills us, but so many times I'm looking for TJ to give me my fulfillment, for TJ to help me in my identity, for TJ to tell me who I am and try to fill me up when that can only come from one place and one place only, and that is a relationship with Jesus. There was several years ago where TJ and I were in a really, really rough spot in our marriage. And you know those moments where it just feels like anything and everything that the other person is doing is just annoying the mess out of you? Like no matter what they say, no matter what they do, you're just rolling. It's like nails on a chalkboard where it just, just feels like there's constant tension in the relationship. And I remember being at that spot and I remember sitting down and praying and I was like, Jesus, I need you to fix TJ. I need you to fix his heart. I need you to fix his attitude. I need you to fix the way he talks to me. And I was just listing out all of these things that God needed to fix about TJ. And I remember sitting there, and it's almost like God just whispered this moment. And he's like, Shayla, but when was the last time you actually spent time with me? And I remember kind of evaluating that question and realized that I had slipped away kind of in spending time with God and allowing him to be my source and my fulfillment. And it began to to slip in that relationship. And as soon as I had that awareness and I began to go back to spending time with God daily, the frustration went away. Nothing changed in our relationship. This didn't change. This changed. And it changed everything because the biggest problem in, in relationships is not that one of us is unhealthy, it's that all of us are unholy. Yeah. And so what happens is, is in every relationship, I, I equate it to like a cup, that all of us are looking to be filled up in life. And the problem is, is, is 
you have two options of how you're going to fill your cup. One of them is, is, is vertical, meaning you're going to get your fulfillment from God. The other one is horizontal. And the problem is, is most of the time we're looking for our purpose, our identity, our security, our, our, our affirmation in life from other people. And so we're going, hey, I need you, my friend, my marriage, what, my kid. I need you to fill this up. And so for a moment, they can deposit something in your cup. But the moment, as long as your cup is turned to the side, as soon as they put it in, you know what happens? It leaks right back out. It's why for a moment you feel fulfilled in that dating relationship. It's why in a moment you feel that affirmation. It's yeah. for that moment you feel a, pur a, a purpose in life. But all of a sudden it's fleeting a moment later. You're like, why, why, does, why is that not giving me yeah. what I need? Because you were never designed to get fulfillment from a, 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 a horizontal relationship. You were always designed to get fulfillment from the one thing that can fulfill you. And that's a relationship with God. He's the one, only one that can give you your idea. Identity. He's the only one that can fulfill you with all the affirmation you need. He's the only one that can give you all the security you need. He's the only one who can instill purpose in your life. And the problem is, is when we start looking to other people, we always end up empty. And God is saying, listen, if you will look to me as your source, if you will keep me as the foundation, what does God say? He says, man, I want to give you life and give it more abundantly. In other words, I want to fill your cup. And not only do I want to fill your cup, but your cup should be overflowing. And when it's overflowing, it overflows into your marriage. Yeah. It overflows into your parenting. It overflows into your friendships. And it's out of the overflow that healthiness happens mm -hmm. here. But it starts right here. And I, w I wish people would get, you know, throughout this whole series, TJ and I have had so many conversations because you hear about relationships that struggle. And I'm just like, man, if people would actually just take these things and begin applying them to your relationship relationship, it will produce change. But so many times we listen to these things and we walk out of here and we never do anything with it and our relationships never look any different. So if I could encourage you to do something, this is one of the key things that you can do to improve your relationship. Yeah. It comes back to a couple weeks ago when we talked about the blocks, trust. Yep. Honesty. Honesty. Commitment. Mm-hmm. But that trust, honesty, commitment starts with this foundation of your relationship with yep. God. Yep. Are you going to put your trust there? Are you going to get honest with God and start letting him deal with you exactly mm -hmm. what Shayla talked about? She started getting honest with God about her frustration with me, but it really wasn't a frustration with me. It was a frustration in her. Yep. And then all of a sudden, he started calling her to a higher commitment of, like, where are you at in this relationship? And all of a sudden, boom, in an instant, it changes everything because that's exactly what God does. And so we have to get a vision for our marriage. We've got to begin to work on the foundation. Then number three, we've got to make communication a priority. This is huge. And communication is one of the issues that so many people yeah. struggle with. I mean, just statistically speaking, 50% of wives say, my husband doesn't talk to me like the way I'd like him to talk to me. 86% of divorces say we just couldn't communicate. We shared the stat that the average couple in America talks for four minutes a day to each other alone. Mm -hmm. Yep. And we're wondering why we're struggling in these areas of communication. Communication, this honest and authentic talk, it sounds so simple, but yet it seems to be so difficult in relationships. Mm -hmm. And for I think some a reason. lot of times the only the only time that we communicate is when there's frustration. Yeah. And when we're arguing. You know, that's the only time. And and Colossians 4 6 actually says this: let your conversations be always full of grace seasoned with salt 
so that you may know how to answer everyone. And when I read this verse, verse, I see full of grace, seasoned with salt. And, you know, salt is what brings the flavor to things, right? And a lot of us like to bring the flavor to the conversation. We like to pour the salt on the wound in the moment. But what this is saying is let your conversations always be full of grace, that you're giving the benefit of the doubt, the way that you're speaking to someone, the way that you're communicating with someone, and then it says seasoned with salt, that you're sprinkling in the truth in a loving way. And I think TJ and I have have learned this in our relationship because we're both very strong, independent people that always believe that we are right. Like, I'm right, and then he believes that he is right. So you can imagine the tension sometimes in our relationships. We're both eights on the Enneagram. We're both D personalities. Like, the strongest ones that, like, stand on their box, and they're like, I am not moving. And so we've had to work through conflict a lot. And this, this verse and how this verse communicates, I think, helps so much because we've come to this place where I realize When TJ does something that frustrates me, that hurts me, let's say he says something to someone that brings hurt into my heart, you know, when when I have the opportunity to talk with him, I've learned that I can't just go to him and be like, I cannot believe that you would say that. That is so untrue. Why would you even tell that person that? And I just go in just angry and mad and frustrated, telling him all of the things that he did wrong in the scenario. Here's what I've realized, that I have to be full of grace, seasoned with salt. So I go into the conversations now, and I give the benefit of the doubt first. And I say, hey, TJ, I don't think you meant to do this. But when you did this, This is how it made me feel. And it gives him an opportunity in that moment to go, Shayla, you are so right. I did not mean it that way. I'm so sorry it made you feel that way. Here is what I meant by that comment. And it gives the opportunity to work through conflict and to have some open communication without tension and frustration because I'm going before it full of grace going, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. I don't think that you meant it this way. And what I've realized in in every relationship, and especially in the marriage relationship, is that feelings are valid. Yeah. They might not be right, but they are valid. Mm -hmm. And so I need to hear how I made somebody feel in that moment and then help bring clarity to that conversation and by believing the best on the mm-hmm. front end and going hey i don't think you meant to do this all of a sudden it isn't provoking an argument it's actually deflating it before it ever yeah. starts because i'm giving shayla the benefit of the doubt that she didn't she's not she didn't mean to do it that way mm-hmm. but i want her to know that how she made me feel in that moment mm-hmm. was was not the normal standard of what we have agreed to try to be like Mm -hmm. in our relationship. And so it gives us an opportunity to do those things. And and so many times the reason we have that conflict is because we're thinking wants our needs and we're fooling ourselves. Yeah. And so many of us, we go into a relationship 
and because of our upbringing, because of our background, because our, our, our moms uh, stayed home and, and washed the dishes and cleaned the house and folded the laundry, we go into our marriage thinking that that's exactly what our wife is going to do. And she grew up in a home where both parents worked and, and that's what it was going to look like and it was shared responsibility. And because there is not communication, there is conflict. And when there's conflict, and, and it, it, it creates all this tension because instead of having conversation, what we have is expectation. Yeah. And expectation is the killer of relationships. You want to know why? Because anytime you have an expectation rather than a desire, it creates a debt-debtor relationship where you're in debt because I expect you to do this. And when you don't do it, you're in the doghouse. And even when you do do it, you know what you've gotten to? You've gotten to an even playing field because you're not meeting my desires. You're meeting of what I expect of you. And that's an unhealthy way to create a late relationship. And so uh, most of our expectations are also uncommunicated. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So we're walking around frustrated because they didn't do what you wanted them to do, but you never communicated that you even had that desire from them in life. Yeah. And now you're mad and angry, and now you're frustrated, and now you're creating an argument, and you're wondering why your marriage isn't going very well. It's because you've never decided to have a conversation. You know what I, I think can be so good too and one of the ways that we've helped keep communication a priority in our life is we have regular marriage checkups yeah you know that give us an opportunity to communicate through those things and so we'll we'll sit down and you have to do this when things are decent okay you can't do it in the middle of an argument marriage checkup right now <laughs> <laughs> like we sit down and we go hey here's something you're doing amazing at and then we talk through something maybe that is an expectation or something that's a frustration. You know, here's something that maybe you could do a little bit different that would help our relationship. And then we go back to, and here's another thing you're doing good. You Oreo it, right? Good, here's the challenge, something we need to work on, and then here's another something good. And it just keeps that open communication about, man, what do we need to be working on and what's working yeah. so that we can keep doing those things. But you have to create opportunity to communicate. You know, somebody left one of the services earlier today. She came out and she just had tears in her eyes. And I said, what's wrong? And she said, we just stopped talking. And I think that's the case in, in so many relationships that are struggling is you've just, you've just stopped talking. You've yeah. stopped communicating, and you need to hit that reset button and open the door to communication again. Yeah, Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, it says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. It's not just about you getting your needs met, your desires met, your expectations met. It actually says, rather, serve one another humbly. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. ultimate goal of every relationship is to serve one another humbly. Yeah. It's to, for us to die to ourselves and realize that our life is not our own. That when we choose to marry somebody else, we are giving our life to them. Like we are there to serve them mm -hmm. and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm sure that there's a lot of you in this room that, you know, you're, all, all marriages can take work. And I'm sure as you're listening today, there's an area of your life that you do, you, you need to hit the reset button on that area of your life. Maybe you've never taken the time in your relationship 
to talk about, man, what is the vision for our marriage? And maybe you just need to to hit the reset button on that and go, hey, let's sit down and let's have a conversation about what our marriage should look like. Maybe for single people, you need to sit down and go, hey, what what do I want in a relationship? What type of a person do I want? Some of you guys, you need to hit the reset button and go back to the foundation. And you need to find your fulfillment in God and begin to build that relationship with God so that you can see the overflow begin to happen in your relationship with your spouse. And for some of you, probably most of you, you need to hit the reset button on communication. You need to make communication a priority. You need to start over. You need to go, hey, let's talk tonight. Let's have some conversations, some hard conversations that are full of grace and seasoned with salt. And so I'd like to take a moment to pray for you guys because I know this room is filled with different relationships and different places. And, but here's what I know is that God has the ability to restore broken things. In places where we fall short, man, all we have to do is surrender and, and to go, God, will you just give me a fresh start? And so I want to pray that God would reset some things in your marriages and your relationships today. So if you guys will bow your heads and close your eyes. Heavenly Father, we come before you, and Lord, we thank you, God, that you are a restorer, that you are a healer, that you are a redeemer. And God, whatever place we find ourselves in in our relationships, whether it's our parent-child relationships, our marriage relationships, our friendship relationships, God, that you would give us the ability and the clarity to see the areas, God, that we might need to hit reset. And that we might need to reshape some conversations and some foundations and some vision for our marriages and our relationships. And God, I pray that you would just begin to do an incredibly healing work as we begin to do the work to make our marriages better. And God, we thank you for what you're gonna do. And it's in Jesus' name that we all said, amen.